All right, and welcome to this episode of Tech Down South. I'm Matthew Wilson. And I'm Lindsay Bogan II. And, well, we skipped a week for spring break, but we're back. And, oddly enough, not talking about what we were going to talk about. But that's what you get when you're following the news, because Nintendo Surprise announced something on us. Yeah, they're working on a console, the Nintendo NX, which I'm sure it stands for next. But basically, we don't know anything about it. But uh, what, what would you like to see in it, Matt? What do you want the Nintendo NX to look like? That's an interesting place to start this conversation. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't. Like, because they say they have a whole new concept for it. And I don't right. know. I, I, I still struggle. Like, are everyone assuming this is the Wii U successor. But honestly, wouldn't it be more likely that it's a 3DS mm-hmm. successor? Or I, I'm just not sure. I'm, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what they're trying to give us. They're saying, well, we'll hear more details about it next year. And, of course, people are immediately like, it's going to be out holiday 2016 or some mid-year uh, 2017. I'm like, they they re- announced stuff about the revolution, the Wii, years before they actually released it. And the Wii U got like a two-year before, like a two-year cycle of news before it got released. Like, they're just showing us what they're right, next working right. on. And honestly, the only reason why we heard about it was it was their way of trying to prove that they weren't abandoning their consoles um, with the other big news they announced. Nintendo's going mobile. Yes, I'm sure you've heard it. They are going to be making Hallelujah. cell phone games. Oh, okay. Well, I, know I want Metroid in now. my pocket. I know where you stand now. Yes, yes. So, well, here's the thing. I, I don't know if I want a full-featured Nintendo game on my iPhone because then what's the point of my 3DS? Exactly. You know? I mean, I just picked up the thing, and it's awesome. Um, and I think that that's a much better system for gaming. So the question is, what what kind of game... What what does Nintendo want to get out of mobile? Do they basically want to say, hey, everyone remember us? We also sell games on these other consoles. And do that? Do they want to do a spin-off type thing where it's like, okay, we've got certain products that are only going to be on iOS and Android. Then we've got stuff that's just going to be on 3DS and just stuff that's going to be on Wii U. Um... Or why? They're certainly not going to abandon the, the hardware strategy because they make a lot of money actually selling hardware, unlike Microsoft and Sony. So I don't think they want to give that up at all. But I do think it's important for them to kind of increase their mind share. Uh, you know, kids these days just aren't as familiar with Nintendo. You know, there aren't kids playing Pokemon in, uh, at recess like there were back when we were kids, which honestly wasn't even that long ago, you know? Yeah. So. Well... We'll see where it where it takes them. I'm a lot I'm a lot more cautious about this. When I first react when I first heard the news, I'm like, oh dear, there goes Nintendo where everything's doomed. And honestly, it's not that bad. Like I you know, I I stepped no, back I from that. So. But there's a lot that can change now. They are stepping into new territory and this could change their business. And I'm not sure if I like that. Now, here's but, some of the details. I mean, I don't mind if it changes as long as it's better, though. I, if it keeps them alive for longer and they continue to make good games, you know, that's that's the ultimate goal, I think. It is, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, so some of the details are, so there, there's this uh, Japanese company that makes a lot of uh, a lot of games called 
uh, it's spelled D-E-N-A, but it's so a lot of people have been pronouncing it Dina, but it's actually pronounced DNA. So DNA is um, who they're partnering with. They uh, well, really are buying a lot into each other. So like they both bought 21 billion, a million billion, something like that of each other's stocks. Basically, it turns out to be Nintendo now has 10% stocks of DNA and they have 1% of stock of Nintendo. They're going to work together. Okay. And DNA is going to uh, partially develop, and Nintendo's going to also have some teams developing mobile games using all any or all of Nintendo's IP, they said. Iwata said any IP that Nintendo owns is open field for a mobile game. They, um... Hmm. DNA's a group that's made games a lot before for like Disney and Marvel stuff before like right. that. Um, but not only that, the other goal of this is DNA also has a lot of uh, like um, back-end service. They, they have a lot of services experience, which is something everyone will agree, love it or not, Nintendo absolutely lacks. <laughs> And so they're going to... Oh, man, it's so bad. So the the goal of this is it's like basically three-tiered. Um, basically, Nintendo's going to have uh, mobile games made, and that's going to be a partnership with DNA that's going to be making those. DNA is going to also be uh, heading the um, service operations that they're going to be doing for all of Nintendo's stuff, not just like something for mobile, but flat-out uh, mobile and console, both mobile and uh, yeah, home console. Just one big services. Or it's huh, looking like okay. they're going to create a network. Um, and really... Again? What do you mean again? You mean like replacing the Nintendo I mean, network? is this going to like supersede the Nintendo network ID? I'm probably. like I mean, maybe they'll somehow like just uh, oh, bootstrap God. it to the Nintendo network ID. But it looks like they're going to create... What, because you know, the Nintendo Network ID it exists, but it isn't really what it needs to be because it's like, um, it's really not, it's like, uh, it's still completely separate. It's like, oh, you have a similar name, but like, it doesn't. There's so many things where, like, if you own it on the one console, it should be on the other. Like, you know, how the uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong miniseries, how like if you buy the one, they'll give you the other free, that should just happen. That shouldn't be them like gifting it to you because they're I, I literally using it like a gift system, basically to gift the other one to you. Their services is broken. Everyone agrees with that. So that's what they're. I just want to be able to buy a new Nintendo product and be able to download everything that I previously purchased. The fact that that's still not possible is absolutely unacceptable. If they can fix that, then the whole thing was worth it. <laughs> Also, what's going to come out of this, in theory, is a new membership service, which makes it sound like they're also going to utilize them to try and replace Club Nintendo and combine it along with some sort of further just everyone's account uh, across their devices. They want to connect everything. So... That would be good. That would be good. Because right now, the Club Nintendo account and the Nintendo Network ID were totally separate entities. Right. Now, some good, I mean, some good things. Nintendo's smart, right? I was a bit scared. Hes- no, not scared. I was hesitant when they announced that they were going to be doing Dale. Like, th- what they've done with Mario Kart True. and what it seems like they're doing with Smash Brothers. That's the way to do it. It's not up like stuff they've already developed, and they want to make sure they still release a full experience without DLC. And then they're, like, taking time afterwards to develop it. Like, the only reason why we're still waiting on Mario Kart DLC is because they're flat out making it, you know? 
It's not just like, oh, let's just make a bunch of right. stuff and okay, right. let's take this quarter of it and sell it later. Which is great because we're getting more. And so they're smart. Exactly. They say they're not going to port their back catalog. They're not just going to slap uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario World onto an iOS device and sell it, which is a great thing because it's not the That's controls aren't thing. there. Sonic, I've played the Sonic games on iPhone, and it, it's hard to control. Like, that's just not the way to do it. It is. And so they're going to make original new games. I mean, that's that's all good news. Now, more, the, my problem with it, though, then, is DNA. Because they, out of, like, the 40 apps that they have on the App Store, they are all free-to-pay, mm-hmm. free-to-play, pay-to-win. That's what they do. Like, DNA is known for that. And, like, I mean, that's what, like, specifically, they're really, their most, their biggest games are, like, pay to, free to play, pay to win card games, which, of course, I mean, that's not going to say that, oh, every Nintendo IP is just going to have a card game on the App Store, but free to play is their thing. I mean, apparently, I unfortunately did not get time to try and, like, verify all these facts, so maybe take this with a grain of salt, but... An article that I was reading about all this Nintendo news flat out said that uh, DNA had some game with something called like a Compu Gacha system, uh, is a free to play system or something, and it was so bad. Like, or I don't know. See, I'm not sure the details of it. I'm not sure what was so bad about. It. I assume something about how it's monetizing or how how scammy it was. The Japanese government threatened to step in and ban it, like flat out ban the game or the system they were using <laughs> wow so stuff like that scares me uh yeah if something like that happens with nintendo then i think i'll be done with the company because that's essentially just selling your soul right and uh, see and that's gonna hurt but you know and see but once again like that scares me and things like iwata says like every time they go and make a game for the for the um for the mobile they're going to sit down and for each title discuss with dna and decide the most appropriate payment method whether i mean i'm putting words in his mouth now but i assume he means like whether you know upfront or how the free to pay pay to win etc works but they're going to sit down I think with dna just all be upfront. just i agree just but keep it easy that's the thing they're going to go and discuss with dna and decide what the most appropriate payment method is but dna obviously has a preference and it's like you know most of the yeah, big exactly. money makers out there oh let's just do that but iwata promises not to do anything that may hurt Nintendo's IP and hurt their image. Like, I mean, he's smart. They're smart. They've known, they know what they're doing, even if they are very slow and very stubborn. They know how, I think they do know how to keep themselves be, from being uh, hurt. But the thing is, you can still do free to play without being completely scammy. And it's just, I don't like True. that. Like, I mean, they've, they've been doing Pokemon Shuffle, right? There's the 3DS game Pokemon Shuffle yeah. that's completely free to pay, free to play, pay to win. Um, and they have another one called like Rusty Real Deal or Spaceball, something I don't know. Uh, and apparently it's really interesting. I can't tell you. I don't know the name of it exactly, but basically what it is is based on how you play, they'll offer you mini games or other things in game for real money. But based on what you do, it'll either say, "Oh, you can unlock this mini game for one dollar." Or if you played it a different way, it could end up being, oh, you get this game for two dollars. Hmm, that's interesting. And that's something on the 3DS right now, with in-app purchases that change price depending on how you're playing. So, I'm afraid a lot, if not all, 
is going to be a lot of that like free free to play. It's just how much can they keep it from being coming scammy? And I hate free to play, honestly. Like there's just some good applications of it out there, but I rather just pay an upfront price and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, in-app purchases aren't bad in and of themselves. As long as I think that they're handled wisely, I think it's fine. Uh, and I think that part of the reason why free-to-play kind of became the way to do it is that, one, people were afraid of the initial cost. B, you used to have problems in the early app store where you'd have a light version then a paid version, so you had these two separate ones to deal with and maintain. And just using in-app purchases solved a lot of those problems. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, the App Store is much more mature. Uh, we'll see uh, if Nintendo has different approaches for iOS and Android gaming and what those designs look like. Um, but it'll be certainly something interesting to watch going forward. Um, for sure. See, it seems like what Iwata's thinking, what, what they're trying to do with this is they're trying to stay relevant in the mind share of children, right? Because like you said, if kids aren't yeah. playing Pokemon on the on the playgrounds, as little of those as there are anymore, um, <laughs> like, you know, how, how do they stay relevant? They got to, you know, so the goal of, of this basically is, is through mobile games, they'll get people interested, who people who wouldn't be playing consoles, interested in consoles so like if you played a pokemon game on your phone the next thing the kid wants is a 3ds so you can play pokemon x and y or play some mario runner or something and because of it want to go pick up a mario game on a console but that's the thing is this really going to attract to consoles or is this going to detract because that's my worry like they they're all like this we can use this as a way to leverage our brands and attract people to us and kind of you know, get back in the mind share. But I'm worried if a dad, if, if a parent, if a parent uh, ha- hears their kid saying they want a Mario game, won't they just buy them the $2, $2 Mario game or allow their kid to spend like five bucks to get something new in the free to play Mario game? Then go and buy a $60 game on potentially a console they don't even have. So that's potentially another 200 to $300 on a console. You know, there's only one way to find out. Like, I'm afraid it could just become Nintendo on mobile and they'll lose what they're good at or what they're known for, what we love them for. I think I think it'll be a little bit of both. I think that the sales of Nintendo consoles will increase, but the sale of Nintendo applications in app stores will increase by a much greater amount. So I think it'll be a rising tide lift all lifts all boats. So I do think that there'll be some hardware benefits because they're like, oh, you know, Nintendo makes these consoles and they've got some pretty good stuff and definitely some experiences that aren't available on mobile. But this mobile stuff is also nice, too. I think I'm going to buy all this, too. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. See, I mean, there's some games that could fit, right? Like WarioWare. Think, I haven't really oh, yeah, WarioWare would be fantastic. Much, but I've seen them. And WarioWare would fit perfectly on mobile. And so, and I mean, things like Pokemon Shuffle, like that was a game. There's games like that or all the pinball. There's Metroid Pinball, Pokemon Pinball, Kirby Pinball. These were all mobile games on uh, on you know, Game Boys and DSs. And they honestly can fit on iPhones a lot more than any other game they've made. And mm-hmm. So there's games they make that could fit on mobile. But I, like I said, I'm, af- I'm afraid that it could eclipse, eventually like eclipse the rest of their divisions um 
the the other question though is is where they're going in the future because right they're they're not only using dna to make mobile games but they want to create some cross-platform service that connects everything both their consoles uh their all cell phone games that they're making and potentially even pcs they said like they they just want to create a service that you can uh, you know have a single idea think of it as a more social connection and a more single account system and but the thing is think about the app store would they be allowed how's cross promotion work in the app store you're mostly not allowed i know there's it's always an iffy line like are they going to be able to connect? Oh, you're talking about like from iOS to a Nintendo console? I don't think that's going to be doable. Yeah, what if they make a mobile game that connects There'll probably be to some that. sort of interaction. Right, and so like if that's kind of what they want to do with this. Right. I, it's, it, it's interesting because I'm, I'm not sure how receptive the App Store would be to everything. Like I'm sure there's a space for them to fit in there with exactly what they want to do, but I think it's a bit more restrictive. I don't yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. So I do think that some IP would work well would be the aforementioned WarioWare. Um, I think maybe a Pikmin-type game would look really good uh, for iOS. Um, and just like a number of puzzle games. You know, Dr. Mario, I think, would work really well uh, on mobile. So we'll see. We'll see. They have a lot of options. So it's interesting because now Nintendo's basically going to have three pillars, it seems, if you combine mobile hardware and uh, home hardware because they're going to have their quality of life system which we're still waiting to hear about which i think within this next year they they said they're going to release their first plans for so we're going to get quality of life then we're going to have the traditional games and traditional hardware where they're building their consoles and releasing games on it right and now they're going to have the smartphone branch which also if you did not hear they want to announce and release their first mobile games by the end of this year. Oh, there's still a lot of time, so that seems doable. As long as they can get something out by November, then do the bug fixing release, you know, in early December. I think they'll be. I think they can. They can do that. And the reason they want to do that is to see if that will lead to higher console sales for the winter holiday. So that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I hope they've already gotten started because we're already pretty much through March at this point. So we'll see. Right. Um. But do you think that's a good? Do you think that's a good position for the future? Because uh, the the whole quality of life, traditional and smartphone split, the three way split that they're kind of uh, putting themselves in for uh, products. It's a lot. Um, I still don't know about this quality of life business. For all, I mean, I honestly think that maybe Nintendo is just trolling, and quality of life is actually mobile games. I cannot <laughs> possibly think of anything that Nintendo could do with quality of life, because that's just not their thing. I don't remember if it's leaked. Well, I don't know if it's leaked or hinted at. I can't remember where it came from, but supposedly, like the one thing we know that they apparently were working on, at least, was something to that's going to track your sleep and like deal with sleep health. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. There's so much competition for that. Like, especially with Apple Watch coming out, you had the rise of like Fitbits and things like that. You know, just 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 do what you're good at, games, and then find a way to get more people playing your games. Because some of those people will eventually say, I want even more of this, and the best way to do that would be to buy a Nintendo console. That's the key. Honestly, this could turn out all right. Like, there's some problems with it still, I think. But because with the Wii and the DS, they bought they 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 bought the mind share, and they a lot of people bought their hardware 
that were, you know, casual. We had this whole rise of casual gamers, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that they might have had a long time ago, back when pretty much any kid had a game system. And then kind of died off, at least for Nintendo, around their, the fall of the N64 and GameCube, where only the hardcore kept it. Exactly. And then the Wii, you know, had that resurgence where so many people bought into casual, and they haven't bought into the Wii U. And I can see a world where, okay, well, all those people who bought Wiis for casual games, they're the people who are mostly playing smartphone games. Exactly. They can keep playing Nintendo on their smartphone. And the hardcore play, you know, their actual consoles on home. And but the problem is, is the problem is, can the can the hardcore continue to support Nintendo? And I mean, we is the Wii U all right? Is the Wii U enough for them? Because that might be the level of sale. It might be slightly smaller than that. If they spread out, will they keep dedicating the same attention to the smaller hardcore? Th that's my question. And I mean, only time will tell at this point. I, d I do have to say this this was a definitely a step forward whether good or bad like this is them trying to stay relevant and honestly they're doing it right because they they know what they don't know they they are obviously horrible with services they don't know a thing about smartphones no nope. they know things about game design and in this deal while dna will be doing some game design a game uh creation it's mostly going to be Nintendo, they said, making the games with with uh, utilizing the experience DNA has had. And they are going to be the head of all their services and back end for all their digital stuff across everything, even their own consoles that they're making themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're utilizing they're using this company to buy strengths. And honestly, it's probably something where in the old days they would have flat out just bought DNA out and just bought them. But because of their poor financial standings they simply did the uh, stocks trade to share in their each other's futures you know yeah i think that was a much smarter move on their part much smarter and honestly uh, and honestly the, you know the stockholders are happy because they've been begging nintendo to do this forever and iwata even three months ago came out and said look that's a bad idea and obviously in either he didn't want to give his hand or flat out in three months he's decided that what we're doing isn't working. Maybe we should look at this. Instead of just going to mobile games, let's look at it smartly and approach it slowly. Yeah. Because um, the stock jumped up 25%. It's the highest it's been, I don't know, in years. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact date. 25% is a so, lot. A lot of money. Yeah, it is. So I, I think this will. I, I think this is something we're just gonna have to wait and see, and I mean, it, we'll have to decide how it goes once they actually release games. I, yeah. There's a lot of talk, and I, I'm still I'm very conflicted on it. If the like, games are good, Nintendo will be, be a good step. But it's just that. Yes, simple. but the the thing with that though is if the if the mobile games are good, they might be fine. But I don't want it to be mobile games. I'm not a mobile gamer. I, I enjoy a good game. I've been loving Alto's Adventure right now, but that's not my thing. That's not that's not a hobby. That's a time. That that's that's something someone just kind of wastes some time on. Not an actual hobby like you know the rest of the games is. I sit down and play Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD as a hobby, not as a, just a oh you know I need to waste some time. Sure. So, but, but who we'll knows? See. You may be the minority in that. So. We'll just have to see where, where the money talks. As a completely, mostly, sort of, 
similar tangent. Uh, just the other night or morning, it happened sometime in a 24-hour period. Um, Majora's Mask. I just totally jumped the gun, sorry. Um, the Happy Mask Salesman. They has official, like, uh, Miiverse. Yeah, Miiverse account, right? That, like, is basically ran by Nintendo. Like, just, you know, like a parody. Not a parody, but, you know, just like a funny little thing in, J- in Japan. That basically just, like, tw- um, what is it called? I want to say tweet, but, like, you know, post Miiverse post. Yeah, uh, post in uh In a post to Miiverse, like, in-character stuff. And he, the Happy Mask Salesman, was basically saying, like, look out for me. I might be returning soon. I've got some new masks. You'll see me soon. Huh. And that seems like a funny thing to say if it, like, just adds something off. And Nintendo's been doing a lot of teasing lately with things and then showing them, revealing them. So I can't help but wonder, as several other people who brought this to my attention are, is he returning? I mean, does this mean like a Majora's Mask 2? Is this something new that Zelda's going to be uh, shown? Or is Happy Mask Salesman going to be back in uh, the new Zelda U? I'm going to go with I that last it's a, one. It's an interesting thing to think about. I'm going to go with that last one. Um, just because I think that would be fun. It'd be interesting to look at. I guess there's a lot more they can do with them. Uh, that, my other option that I think is is more likely is that maybe there'll be a DLC or something like that update for the Majora's Mask game. There are a couple of things that I think they could Mm -hmm. work on. There are a couple of, like, frame rate issues. And for some reason, you can't use a couple of the buttons uh, for extra tasks, for extra item slots in Majora's Mm -hmm. Mask. So there are a couple of things I think they could go back and, and help out a little bit. So if they put some more side quests and things like that into the game, that would be nice. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if he yeah. was kind of the center of the story for the new Zelda U. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I could see that. It would be. I, I think he's a very interesting character with a lot of mystery behind him. And you, you, he could really fit in any role, whether good or even in a sense bad. Not in a traditional Ganon bad, but like, you know, he he's very he's very off. Um, but um I could see him fitting in Zelda U, but at the same time, so what, that's what I automatically assumed. But an interesting thought is, like, I could see Grezzo, the company who's ported both Ocarina of Time 3D and Majora's Mask 3D, right. working on a Zelda game. I don't think we've had a third-party Zelda game since Capcom made Minish Cap, and that turned out great. And here you have a team that's only done in the past, like, five years, four years, two Zelda games, like, ported two Zelda games, they kind of have experience. They kind of probably know the ins and outs of what makes a good Zelda enough to make a original Zelda game. I think it'd be pretty cool if uh, Nintendo uh, let them make a new 3D game uh, for a 3D Zelda game for the 3DS. I I don't know. We've got three fully packed Legend of Zelda games for the 3DS. The 3DS came out in, what, 2011? And we already have Ocarina of Time. Yes. We've got Link Between Worlds, and we've got Majora's Mask. That's a lot of Zelda. <laughs> Granted, two of those are ports. I mean, yeah, two of them are it ports. Is. But I feel like I I would appreciate seeing a different series get that attention. We haven't seen a, a mobile Metroid since the not very good 
Metroid Hunters, and the last good one came out 11 years ago, which was Metroid Zero Mission, which I just found out is available in Japan on the eShop and available in Europe on the eShop, but not here in, in yeah. the States, and it's killing me because I want that so badly. I saw that. Um, you know, we haven't seen a new F-Zero game in Lord knows how long, and I feel like that would be really fun to see oh, in HD. That'd be really fun to, to do online and not something you can do for mobile. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, Zelda sells like hotcakes. So it's like, do you want money or do you want to diversify what you're doing? Uh, and, you know, they do the cool I new mean, IPs like Codename Steam. You know, we're seeing some new things for Wii U. But I don't think there's anything wrong with going to those lesser-known IP and just giving them some new juice, some new life. Um, it, 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 I, I don't think that would yeah. be any worse than doing a new IP like Codename Steam. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you got to remember, like, I mean, maybe, maybe there isn't, maybe I'm wrong. Cause I mean, you know, this team's developed for the 3DS. I don't know how easily they could just turn around and then start developing, like, let's say an F-Zero game for Wii U. I feel like they probably have to stick to 3DS. True. Which of course, you know, yes, everyone, you, you, yes, you always want a new Metroid game. I mean, and I do too. I think that we need it, but, um, every time, I mean, it's true. It's true. There's three Zelda games on it. Two of them are ports, but I mean, Majora's Mask 3D here. We just got its uh, numbers. It's fast. It's faster. It's a fastest-selling mobile Zelda ever. It totally blew out uh, Link Between Worlds. Unfortunately, even though Link Between Worlds is a new game and honestly pretty good. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Majora's Mask would have sold better, just because um, you know people have had time to hear about Majora's Mask, but may not have had the opportunity to play it. Um, and the fact that it coincided with a new hardware release made it another really easy grab. Um, it may be the fastest yeah. selling, but I don't. But that's not necessarily being the same as sold as much as you know. Majora's Mask could be much more of a big rock dropping into the pond, or getting nice big waves, but they may not go out as far later on. So, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, you got Ocarina of Time that when that came out in two thousand eleven. Then you had Link Between Worlds in 13, and you have Majora's Mask. Yeah. No, no. In, in 15. So, I mean, about a year and a half in between each one. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect anything anytime soon. That's for sure. Which, I mean, of course, gives them time to develop a yeah. new one. But I, don't, I can't think of any other Nintendo console that has more than three Zelda games on it. I think even the Game Boy Advance only had a total of three uh, the DS only had yeah, two. I think you're right. Uh, all the consoles only had yeah. one or two. The Wii had two, the GameCube mm -hmm. had two, and the ones previous just had one. Um, yeah, so I'd be I'd be very shocked to have four. Well, the closest you could argue would be the Wii, which because you know Virtual Console, but those aren't ports per se. Like because Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time 3D really are. They're more than just oh. You're running the N64 game. They're they're kind of like a new. They're a fresh look at the game in a sense, without being a full on remake. True. So yeah, I, I guess. And then I guess one more point uh, on that. Three. There's um the la yeah. the most recent four Zelda games. Three of those have been remakes. Wind Waker for the Wii U. Yeah. Ocarina of Time 3DS, and then Majora's Mask 3DS. 
you know, and I know they're working on the new Zelda. Yeah, that's but true. But it, it is possible to just be exhausted, like, okay, this is your fourth remake. There aren't that many major games in the series. You know, why aren't you spending that time on something else? That, that would be kind my of like uh, Mario. It's kind of like Mario right when the Wii U was coming out. Yeah, the new Super Mario Bros. U, I think that was a little bit much. Um, That's been played out. Right, yeah, exactly. It was nice the first three times, but then it was like, okay. They're also the old games that you all keep reselling, so it's fine. We'll see. Three other nuggets of Nintendo like uh, information that was in a lot of these interviews that I'll throw out at you and our listeners, which was interesting, is Mario was almost... Splatoon was almost a Mario game like because they were designing this game system like with all the paints and the stuff and they're trying to they couldn't really figure out they were trying to find out like figure out like what character fill in there and there wasn't really any strong brand like it's not like this is so obviously a Mario a Metroid whatever you know it's like well you know because often what they do is they come up with a game idea and then they're like well what type of game does this fill under? Right. If it's an idea that fills in a Zelda game, they'll put it in a Zelda game. If it's a Mario game, they'll fit in a Mario game. And so since it didn't really have anything, they were originally just going to be like, well, just throw Mario characters in it and make it a Mario game. But uh, one of the designers basically came up to Miyamoto, who was the one who hinted that maybe it should just be a Mario game, and like had these squid drawings. And he was so afraid of Miyamoto just being like, what? No, just make it Mario. And like he was so shocked when Miyamoto was like, oh, that's really original. Let's do it. So that that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm super just excited. Glad. About I, I, that I like that Splatoon's original, not just a Mario game. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. It looks really good. All this information we're getting it from it now. What's the release date for? The it? other thing Isn't is that in April? Amiibo. Um, off the top of my head, I can't say. I think it is. It's April or May. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm pretty excited about that one. I really enjoyed uh, watching the trailers on that. I'm gonna try to get that pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the other thing is Amiibo was Iwata's idea. He's on a bullet train in late 2013, and uh, he just had this idea for Amiibo, and he uh, just rushed and like wrote up a four-page document on it and pitched it to the engineers themselves, like engineers. And uh, yeah, so it uh, it was actually his idea, and they really implemented it pretty quickly, seeing that it's already been out since uh, November 2014. So they kind of came up with the idea of Amiibo and turned it around within months. Probably what we saw at E3 was like literally the f- like their first like prototype like figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Still need to and get then one. The three. Yeah, just grab Samus. <laughs> Don't make me go buy it for you. Oh uh, yeah, never that. <sighs> um, <laughs> sounds so horrible for you getting free stuff. Oh gosh, the worst. Um. Then the last thing is that, you know, the, the new screen on the 3DS where the 3D follows you and everything. Oh, yeah, it's great. Some t- uh, some company sh- some company showed that to Nintendo and Nintendo like freaked out like Miyamoto freaked out like they were like this exists. And they immediately Miyamoto's like just we got to have this. And Iwata agreed. They're just like, we got to have this. And apparently some of the engineers, they're very unfamiliar with it. And they're like a lot of some of the apparently some of the engineers were like, I don't know about this. You really want us to like try and fit this in? And uh, literally, this is Iwata's quote. I mean, it's translated, but it's quoted as, um, he said, because of my background, um, engineers can't trick me. Uh, 
like literally like he's just like because he was originally like a programmer and in the trenches with everyone else he's just like no you can't just convince me that oh this we shouldn't try this this too too uh ambitious or anything and like mm-hmm. stuff like that that's why i like engine that's why i like uh um that's why i like ceos like jobs tim cook or iwata and that aren't just like uh, people who went to business school and know how to run a company and they just bounce from CEO to CEO at bigger and bigger companies. Mm-hmm. I like uh, CEOs that come up from the ground in the company and have experience with what they're doing. I hope like the next uh, the next CEO at Nintendo is someone who's been working on games or at least in the company, not just like whoever the shareholders thinks will make them the most money. True, true. And that's Nintendo. All right. So you know what question I'm about to ask, right? Spider-Man, Marvel Cinematic Probably. Universe. Thoughts? <sighs> I'll tell you what. Let me give my spiel first, and then we'll see if, if you if you get inspired. You give your spiel first. I, for one, am very excited about this. It It's not the, the best way it could happen. I think the best thing would be for Sony to sell it, but that's also the worst thing for Sony because the Spider-Man movies have made Sony so much money. But I think that they actually came to a sensible, logical decision that makes sense from all perspectives where Marvel Studios, the movie company that is responsible for Iron Man and all those movies, um, has the ability to use Spider-Man in their cinematic universe. And... The and Sony will still get the royalties from having Spider-Man in there, so it's a situation where everyone's making money, and I think that's that's ultimately what you want. My slight drawback slash worries: we don't want another Peter Parker Parker origin story. My lord, please not. No, we've seen enough. We we know <laughs> Peter Parker turns into Spider-Man. We also know that he has an uncle that dies and says. With great power comes great responsibility. You know, we know these things. So please, let's just dive in. It'll be interesting to see if they go with a Gwen Stacy or a Mary Jane. But but we have to know how he gets bit by a spider. That's important. Oh my gosh. Here, I'll tell you. He gets bit by a radioactive spider. Spoilers. Spoilers. What? Indeed. What? Who knew? I didn't. That's for sure. Especially not twice in two separate movies with two separate actors. In any event, um, I think that's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how Marvel Studios is like, oh, by the way, Spider-Man's been here the whole time. You just didn't notice him because you were too busy watching Iron Man fly. You see him right back there? That's him. That's him in the spec in the first movie. You know, So that's going to be really fun from a creative perspective, seeing how they, they retrofit Spider-Man in there. But I think it's doable. I'd love to see them kind of re-release some of the old movies and just have, like, the Oscorp Tower in there somehow. I think that'd be pretty fantastic. Um, I do. I am a little bit disappointed in the fact that Sony didn't use this opportunity to uh, have Miles Morales be Spider-Man. But on the other hand, I think we're all so sick of origin stories that even if it was a new origin story, we, we would just be sick of it. Um, so the, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. The only caveat is that, well, I guess the good news is that there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out after Avengers 2 that will kind of tie into this universe. Uh, Hopefully he'll also be in Captain America 3, Civil War, which if you've read that comic book arc, A, you know how fantastic it is. B, if you haven't read it, go read it because it's fantastic. 
and see Spider-Man plays a key role uh, within that story arc. That's basically an Iron Man versus Captain America regarding superhero registration. And uh, that story just isn't possible without Spider-Man. And given that Marvel had announced Civil War with, before saying that they would have Spider-Man in, it, it'd be interesting to see what their original plans for the movie were and how those have changed now that we know Spider-Man mm -hmm. will be a part of the universe. And that Marvel has said that we'll see Spider-Man in a Marvel Cinematic movie before his solo movie debut. Yeah. Um, okay, so... See, I think this is a good thing for Spider-Man movies. I think Sony was starting to run off the rail with especially that last movie. Oh, man. It wasn't that good of a movie. Um, it, it, it was too crowded. They didn't know what they wanted to do. They wasted some great actors on some great roles that had like five minutes. Um, and they they just were so lost. And I think that everything we get that's a Spider-Man standalone movie is going to be good. I'm right. right. I'm scared. I'm not scared. I'm, I don't want another, I don't want another origin story. That's a bad idea, but I don't think we're going to get one because Marvel themselves realized people are getting too many origin stories. They went back and rewrote some of the movies that they were already working on or already wrote the script of like uh, Dr. Strange and they changed it from a origin story to just a he's already superhero or let's just kind of jump in and introduce this superhero. I don't think that we're getting any more, at least for the recent future, origin stories from Marvel Studios. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially because Doctor Strange is such a not well-known character. Uh, I don't know that much about him. Right, but... I don't either, which is like, he's one of the characters where I'm like, give him an origin story. I don't know it, but they're, I, I think they're just doing a blanket ban on origin stories for all their movies. So I don't, we don't have to worry about that. And I think they're going to have better creative control over Spider-Man. I think it's going to be a better Spider-Man movie. My worry is what Spider-Man will do to the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe. Hmm. Uh, I mean, may, I mean, I think the characters they have in there mesh so well, and we don't know what's going to happen. Cause like, walking into Avengers 2 and beyond, already they were going to start transferring it to, like, you know, the next team because they're going to have to start letting some of these actors go. We can't have uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man for the next 10 years, you know? That's true. Um, so, so, like, they're going to start taking these people that we know, Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Thor, they're going to move on, and we're going to get new heroes as the core Avengers team. Uh, with maybe cameos of the others, so already we were gonna have to like give the passing of the hat. But I, I don't know. I, I Spider Man and the rest of the Avengers in my head because of how I wasn't a Marvel guy and I don't really read comics. They're so separate in my head. Yeah. That I just worry that these two worlds clashing isn't gonna work. <laughs> well, but they I, are I the just, same world. Spider Man talking to Iron Man isn't going to work. I mean, yes, I know comics. Yes, yes, but in my head. <laughs> And I mean, once again, maybe it's not just me, but I've heard this complaint from a handful of other people, maybe not that many, but uh, uh, like they're delaying uh, Civil War, Thor 2, a handful of other movies because of Spider-Man. Yeah, and I can't the two I'm it. looking they're, most they're forward probably to Spider-Man into Civil War, Captain Marvel and Black Panther. <sighs> oh, well, <laughs> 
Yeah. I said Thor 2. I meant Thor 3. Yeah, I, I wish they wouldn't delay Black Panther. I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've seen him in uh, something animated before, and I really liked his character. Oh, he's great. Um, but I don't know, man. I Like I said, I, I think it's a good thing. It's a great thing for standalone spider movies. Uh, sp- <laughs> spider movies. Spider-Man movies. I like it. They're spider movies. Um, but I, I'm cautious about what it'll do to the cinematic universe and it might be fine but it's it's gonna be weird the first time i see spider-man on the big screen with all the other characters yeah absolutely um i'm looking forward to see how iron man's role changes because up to this point he's kind of been the headlining character but now that they have access to spider-man since iron man was originally a substitute because marvel had to choose someone to kind of be the front runner you know, are they going to try and regress and right. just have Spider-Man be one of the guys, or is Spider-Man going to come to the forefront and kind of be the lead? I think Marvel doesn't want to do that because they don't want to give that much power to Sony. So it's going to be interesting to see right. kind of like a paired-back uh, popularity contest for for Spider-Man. So I'm also interested to see <laughs> what age they'll have Spidey be at because he should be much 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 younger than the rest of the avengers uh i think it would be very easy to kind of explain um kind of where has spider-man been if spider-man's still in high school you know (laughs) i'm sorry i haven't been able to save the world i had an ap exam you know i could i could see that yeah also i can't help but think that uh they're, well, I mean, also, they're going to definitely get someone young because they're going to want to try and grab someone, say, someone fresh who's young, who is really much unknown, known, and they'll be able to say, basically, you know, I don't want to say bully, but, you know, basically put the pressure on them to have, like, a large amount of multi-movie deals. They're going to be young. They're going to be able to have them for a long time be the same character actor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just still, like, it's like every Marvel superhero lives in new york it's like where were you while avengers was happening honestly i want to see what i think could work like i could see this actually working great maybe it's what they're playing maybe it's not because obviously you know these this core of uh honestly because of sorry because of avengers 3 it might be happening too soon but like you have this core avengers team that we have right now who's going to have to go away right and looking at the world that's happened, like, you know, kind of the story so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I could see it something like, especially maybe after Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, where maybe more cities or gets blown up, et cetera, et cetera, at the hands of the Avengers. Like, it's like, the world's kind of in, sh- like, I can see like something like where New York is kind of in shatters, uh, it's been shattered, and it's like up to uh, Spider-Man to put it back together. It's like the Avengers aren't really... I don't want to say there, but, you know, like, you're getting what I'm saying? Like, he's almost left in this, like, post-alien, uh, you know, invaded New York. Like, that'd be an interesting place to put him, like, you know? I'd, it'd be interesting, but it wouldn't be truly Spider-Man, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. I think one way we can kind of see how Spider-Man would work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is look at the uh, TV shows, because in the TV shows, Spider-Man exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the animated version that pulls kind of its origin stories and database from the movies. Um, I know that there's one, like, 
spec it's not spectacular spider-man that was a great awesome totally separate show it's like maybe amazing spider-man something like that it's a show that's on disney xd i think colson's like the principal uh and spider-man's with all these other like c-list heroes learning how to be a hero and spider-man being trained by shield it's very odd i don't like it but there is interaction between him and you know the occasional run-in with hulk the occasional run-in with iron man uh so that may be one thing to check if you're interested to see how though this interaction will happen you know that's interesting i mean because I, I haven't really seen that but I, yeah i think you're that's not missing I, like, much like the uh principal yeah that's what i've heard but um that that's an interesting way that he honestly could maybe fit in the uni- cinematic universe at least at first and maybe he'd grow into something more like have the whole uh the rest of the heroes see him i don't want to have, say like they bolt like look down at him but you know he's like oh he's young he's you know okay good job spider-man you know you better leave this to us because you know ultron serious you know stuff like that like where they, they don't quite see him as an equal or at least at first yeah i think that'll certainly be the case so it's going to be really fun kind of watching that and it'll be very interesting to see a j Jonah and jameson in an environment where there are already other superheroes uh especially other heroes who who really have public identities. And I think, I guess that's kind of where we may see the seeds of Moore's Superhuman Registration Act thing, where it's like, we know who all the Avengers are, but we don't know who this this spider fellow is. He must be evil. I don't know. I just loved, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, what's what's the actor's we name? Gotta, yeah, no, no, I know who you're talking about. We, we have plays to get and Korra. back as... Oh, what's his name? I know. J.K. Simmons, I just J.K. Simmons, sorry. Yeah, I love J.K. Simmons in the original <laughs> Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, I think he played a fantastic J. Jonah He's Jameson. perfect. He is the role. He, he should be all of the J. Jonas. I would like, love for him to come back and say, you know everywhere. what? We're not going to reference the old Spider-Man trilogy, but for the fans, we're going to put J.K. Simmons in here as J. Jonah Jameson. It's, it's, it's just they fantastic. They have to. It, it's, it's like Mark Hamill's Joker or... Uh, or What's his name as Batman? Kevin Conroy's name. Kevin Conroy as uh, Batman. Like they just are the. They rules. just are the rules. That's just how it goes. Sometimes it's just how it goes. So that's that's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Yeah. So uh, I guess kind of last little tidbit. We've got about five weeks until Avengers Two starts showing in theaters on May first. What? How do you think it's going to go? You know, you've got the five Avengers. Sorry, six that we're all pretty familiar with. And then we've got Ultron, who's the big bag, created by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. And then we've also got these wild cards of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who I think will be referenced as Inhumans. I think what Marvel Cinematic, or I'm sorry, what the MCU has done is that since they can't use mutants, I think they're going to use Inhumans as their substitute for that, which also makes a lot more sense for the Inhumans movie. Um... So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Spoilers. uh, You might want to skip a little bit if you uh, aren't caught up on Marvel's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. But um, that's totally where they're setting up for that show. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Totally what they're... If you're caught up... I just caught up, like, last week. So I'm, like, super excited. I'm really impressed with the way we've seen that character arc happen. Uh, And they are totally leading that... Like, they're setting the TV show up up for, like, the Inhumans 
uh, like movie or whatever, and like it's going to totally set the stage for like all we know or what the world is for that. I bet exactly, and it's been so fascinating hearing references to you know the Kree, who we've seen some Kree in Guardians of the Galaxy, and how Agents of Shield has been its own show, but it becomes even richer once you have you have the knowledge and context of the movies. So. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. as there are more Marvel movies what Agents of Shield's Agents of Shield has the ability to do, uh, bring into a story, and how even the TV show can affect the movie somehow. You know, especially since there are going to be yeah. some audience members who keep up with the show, in the show may understand additional when, references uh, and films. Uh, when Avengers Two comes out, because you know we had the big, we had a big, big shift in the show, and for the better. The show was very. I did not really like the show before. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier but after Winter Soldier when I love the out. show and I yeah. yep but even just the episodes in season oh yeah I got tremendously better but I think you needed that first season because then it makes the second season better because you know what it used to be but even still yeah it's 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 much better, and so I'm. I'm. I was gonna say that same thing. I don't think it will be. I don't think it'll be as radical as a shift, um, as it was for Cap Two, because that was so clearly related, you know. Yeah. So. I really hope you all have seen Cap Two, because I mean, I just want to say Hydra. Okay, there we got that off the table. Hydra. Um, yeah, so I think the show is kind of taking a backseat to the Hydra storyline. Uh, I think wrapped up a, a good bit of loose ends. There's still enough that can come up later, but I think right now they've kind of chopped off all the heads and they can regroup. Um, so I'm really interested to see this Inhumans storyline develop and whether that will have any changes once we see Avengers 2. Especially yeah. since what the subject of Avengers 2 doesn't have much to do with what the story is now for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you know, there'll probably be more cleanup crew type things, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the show does. That's, I think, one of the funnest elements of the show. What will be the first episode post-movie? Uh, yeah, it will be. Um, yeah, Avengers 2 is going to sell gangbusters. Like, that, that, that movie is going to make serious money. I, I bet it's going to be, obviously, the biggest um, Marvel movie so far that it might not be good, because... Like Jurassic World, I'm cautious Avengers back together again, and it's going to be fun. And I mean, it could be bad, but I can't help but think it's they've had such a great track record so far that I'm just trusting them, and I'm going to like go see that as quick as I can. Exactly. Even not all of the Marvel Cinematic movies have been great, but none of them have been bad. And I think there's a lot to be said exactly. for that. You know, I mean, everyone may not enjoy watching Thor two and Cap one. But they're not bad movies by any stretch of the imagination. I'd certainly watch them if they were on. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, we just totally did a nice little uh, non-tech uh, vertical, if you're going to use upgrade uh, terminology. Another podcast I listen to. Um, you totally lost me. Yeah. Podcast, man. Podcast. It's what we're doing. <laughs> um... So, if you're still listening, I was Matthew Wilson, and still am, and you can find me at uh, 
at M-W-I-L underscore C-L on Twitter. Uh, and I've been Lindsay Bogan the second. Uh, ask underscore the doctor on Twitter, Instagram, and probably other various internet sites. Uh, also, don't forget, Commodores and the NIT, you know, take a look. Hope your team's doing well in the bra- in the basketball tournament. For those of you who have a bracket, mine's already been destroyed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you can find the show on Twitter at TDS underscore show. And you can find the show notes at techdownsouth.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes. Actually, you can set it as your homepage. Oh, yeah. I'm, everyone wants to do that, I'm sure. Do people still use homepages? Like, I just have it open like a new tab, a blank I use new home pages. tab. And I know my family just has it, like, open last... I mean, my grandma probably uses it. Okay, well, you can have your grandma set our uh, podcast as her homepage, and that'll be nice. Um, I think all of our listeners should also tell their grandmas. Yes, let, let, let's start something. Let's get everyone's grandparents having our uh, podcast as their homepage. That'd be awesome. Send, send a pic to uh, our Twitter if you Excellent. do that, because that would be hilarious. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>